Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. And thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about peer support for recovery and specifically about the Davis Behavioral Health Receiving Center and recovery supports. With me from Davis Behavioral Health, Nicole Cunha, who's the Adult Mental Health Director, and Christy Brown, the Recovery Support Program Supervisor. And Nicole, you've been telling us about this unique program. Tell us about how it's working. How, what are the outcomes? What are you seeing from the program? So really, we in our initial six months of... Um, of programming, uh, we served uh, around 228 clients. Um, you know, about 51% of those were law enforcement referred. And just to speak to what really is um, kind of an artifact of our deinstitutionalization movement that started civil rights movement and taking people out of mental health. Uh, hospitals and really kind of um, keeping them in a very structured environment and putting them on the community. You know, 44 out of 50 states um, currently incarcerate more people than they hospitalize with mental health and substance use issues. So we have this kind of de facto response for law enforcement that, you know, that they have become the extension of our mental health and substance use treatment. Uh, programming here in our communities. Um, so we started kind of tracking what essentially brought people into the receiving center. Um, so oftentimes it's not actually a charge that's being diverted. It's just a law enforcement officer bringing somebody in or a community member bringing somebody in saying, I need help, my family member needs help, um, or this person is struggling, they're in crisis, can you connect them with something? So about 48% of the referrals from law enforcement are actually not diverted charges, they're just people that are seeking resources um, and stabilization in a critical crisis state. About 21% are referred possession type charges, um, another 11% are referred for intoxication, and some other charges that will, will kind of come up um, as well, kind of make up the rest of the percentages. But we started asking law enforcement agents when they came, what would you have done with this person if you had not brought them to the receiving center? And what we found was that 45% of people that come to the receiving center would have been brought to jail. Uh, for their substance use and their mental health related issues. And these are misdemeanor charges. So they're likely never going to be offered treatment. It's what we call kind of a turn and burn. So they come in, they pay their minimal bond or bail, and then they're set up with a court date. And they may or may not show up to that court date because they have a severe substance use disorder. Um, and then they could end up with another warrant, 
multiple compounding charges that turn into felonies. So it really gets them trapped in that criminal justice system and they can't ever get out. Um, another problem that we, we see is that oftentimes people are referred to the emergency room. And once again, it's that churn and burn phenomenon because the emergency rooms aren't prepared to deal with psychiatric crises. Um, so 18% of our law enforcement referrals would have gone to the ER where they may or may not have ever been connected with treatment. Essentially, the ER connects you with an inpatient hospitalization for psychiatric or substance use reasons, or they turn you away with very, very little help. So the receiving center has done so much to kind of correct that in the people that we've been able to interface with. And that's been, been awesome to see. Christy, you started talking about stigma. And I would imagine, I mean, not only is there a stigma that goes along with substance use, but huge stigma that goes along with criminal charges of any kind. So in that way, it has to help a lot. Yes, definitely. And mental health and substance abuse addiction um, have a huge stigma against it in our society. And trying to seek help, people, you know, always that stigma holds them back from reaching out to get help because they either feel weak or they don't want anyone to know. And when you have those criminal charges, that stigma goes along with not being able to get a job, not being able to get any housing because of a good landlord, can't, can't get those basic needs met because of those criminal charges hold them back. What kind of services can people get if they just call and say, I need some extra help? What is available to someone today? So I think it's two parts, right? Because we have this receiving center that's an actual facility where somebody could come admit and receive help. Um, so they get immediate engagement with a recovery support specialist. Um, and then they also get a nursing assessment to determine whether somebody is medically stable to, to be there because we aren't able to do some things like medical detox um, is something that we're not set up like a, an actual inpatient hospital. Um, they get access to a therapist um, as soon as possible. And if needed, they have access to um, essentially a medical provider, like an APRN or a psychiatrist, especially with regard to medication-assisted treatment. So we can offer a medication-assisted treatment within the facility. But really, anytime you look at any of these programs, it tends to be the recovery support specialist and the peer engagement that really keeps people engaged and connected. And that, to Christie's credit, has really um, been the highlight of this program because therapists are great at talking, <laughs> nurses are great at assessing for medical needs, but who keeps them engaged are these people with these shared life experiences that say, I know what you're going through, I've been there too, it is better on the other side, you just got to stay with us, right? And that has been incredible. So they can access that immediately at the receiving center. Now, they can also access that through our normal resources. And Christy can talk a little bit about how you can access the recovery support specialist on what we refer to as an outpatient basis um, and a ton of other resources that are available to include outpatient therapy, outpatient substance use treatment, um, outpatient medication management services are all available with our main line at Davis Behavioral Health that 801-773-7060 number. Now, Christy, I would love it if you could talk a little bit more about the recovery support process and how people can access this, this critical resource. Um, yeah, at the receiving center is pretty, when they get here, that first engagement with the recovery support specialist. But like Nicole said, they can call that main number um, and ask to speak with 
myself or a recovery support specialist and they get, get transferred and we can get them in with an intake, get them open. And all of our services through recovery support services are free. They will never get a bill from us, Davis Behavioral, that, um, for recovery support services. Um, that includes case management so where they can hit the, we can help them hit those basic needs. We do recovery coaching. We just do that peer one-on-one um, re- recovery coaching with them just to know that they're not a they're not alone and we're in this and we do we have peer support um groups every day of the week seven days a week we do a hiking group right now we do sober softball without covid we do a sober activity every week that's either like bowling skating it's just getting people out and realizing that there's so much more to life um than drugs or well their addiction and so just teaching them those pro social skills that connection to something bigger than themselves is huge and so the COVID has put a little bit of a downer on all the things. We did just um, register a sober softball team for the fall, so which is awesome. We will be doing social distancing, masks, all of those guidelines. So we do a range of things, and we meet the client exactly where they're at. If it's that first day of trying to get clean or if it's two years down the line of aftercare, we try to meet those clients exactly where they're at and where we're at. So. Before we take a break, are these, um, can people get help 24 hours a day, seven days a week? I mean, kind of explain that. The receiving is 24-7, 365, um, you know, and uh, we are available all day. Davis Behavioral Health does have crisis therapists available um, all day as well. Um, so, yes, 100%. It may not be if a receiving center admission is not really the thing that somebody is looking for, um, access to that 24-7 RSS worker may not be until the next business day. Uh, but, um, you know, 100%, we are, we're here at 24-7. Okay, and let's give that number before we take a break. For more resources, you can call 801-773-7060 or for the receiving center itself, 801-513-2800. And we'll be back on Healthy Mind Matters.